You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 11. All right, this is part two of Let's Talk About Racism. And uh, last last episode, we gave an acronym that we're going to go more into depth today. And we're going to just dive right in. Uh, racism, R-A-C-I-S-M, real, accountable, cross, invitation, stand, and mission. It's time to have this conversation. We're not going to shy away from it. Uh, shy away from it. And I may not have all the right words today, but you know what? I, I have found that my black friends are grateful that I am speaking out. They are grateful that I am having this discussion and they love it. Let me tell you something. They're not looking for a fight from us. They're looking for our help. They're looking for some people that will begin to understand their pain. And, 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 and even though I've known all my life there was a deep-seated uh, history of racism in our country. I avoided the conversation because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, it hurts our black American friends when we're silent. It hurts them. It hurts them more when we're not speaking than when we are talking. I found such gracious, open arms in this community as of late than I ever have before. And, I, and, and I'm thankful that we can have this conversation. So let's talk about this today, this word racism, R-A-C-I-S-M, real, accountable, cross, invitation, stand, and mission. All right, so the first word is real. As I said last, the last episode, this issue is real. It's not a fabrication. There's been 400 years of systemic racism in our country, and it's time to be real, and it's time to quit hiding. It's a legitimate issue. It's not an agenda. It's not something fake. It's not something contrived or fabricated. It is very real. One just has to look at the news. One just has to look at your history book and find out that black Americans have been severely mistreated in, in life. They, they, they were hung on trees for innocent. They were innocent. And, and we've, got to, we've got to quit pretending that this is not real and, and hiding in the shadows, being silent. It's a legitimate issue. It's not just only a real issue, but it's time for us to be very real and authentic. Now, let me just say this. No one is asking you to join a movement. I'm here to tell you today, you, you can say Black Lives Matter. You don't have to agree with everything that the movement stands for, but you have to agree that Black Lives Matter. We've heard so many analogies in this. We've heard the burning house theory, which is very real. And I'm repeating this because it, it, it needs to be repeated. If, if, if you have on your street one house that is burning and you walk into that neighborhood and say, well, all, all these houses matter. That is a true statement. But when one house is burning down, what house matters more? What house needs the most attention? It is that house that is burning. 
You need to call the fire department. The fire department is not going to show up on that street and spray every house down before it gets to that one. It's going to rush immediately to the house that is burning. Yes, every family in those homes matter. Every person in those homes, every dog matters, okay? But the house that matters most is the house that's on fire. The people in that house matter the most. And when you say black lives matter, you don't have to be afraid to say that. Now, I don't personally agree with everything that the movement stands for, but I do agree that black lives matter and it needs to be said right now. And I should have been saying it a long time ago. Our black brothers and sisters need our help and our support and our encouragement now more than ever ever before. I won't kneel to another movement. I won't kneel. The only time I will kneel down for anyone other than Jesus is when I am helping them up. And right now, our black brothers and sisters need our help. We need to kneel down for them. I'm not talking about kneeling and surrendering and, 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 and taking an oath. I, you know, I don't, I don't give my allegiance to any other person than Jesus Christ. That's the only person I kneel in allegiance to. But if you study the Good Samaritan, he is known because he stopped on the road when all the religious community and the legal uh, leaders were walking by this man, this foreign man, this, this, this man who was not a, he was a foreigner, this good Samaritan knelt down, picked this man up, attended to his wounds, walked him to the nearest inn, paid for his stay and made sure that he was recovering. Do you understand that we have to be that person? We have to be that person that stops Quit passing people by when they're in need and when they're hurting. We have to be that good Samaritan. We have to be that person that stops. Don't don't be like the religious man that ignores it. You know, there's so many people who call themselves Christians and call themselves ministry leaders that are not looking upon the plight of our society and trying to make a difference. Many are. Praise God. I'm so thankful that the church isn't all silent. The church has been speaking out, but we need to join what God is saying and doing right now. You know, if, if you're called into ministry and you're looking for like, God, what have you called me to do? Lord, what is it that you want me to do with my life? If you can't do the very basic things, how are you going to ever discover that bigger purpose and that ministry that God's called you to? You have to be able to find a need and meet it and find a hurt and heal it. Ministry is all around us. And our black American brothers and sisters need us. And I say black American, sometimes I exchange that with African American, but it's probably more correctly African or black American, because we have blacks from every country in this country. We have people from Haiti and people from Africa and people from the Caribbean and people from the islands. You know, black American embraces a lot more than just people from Africa. And so when we are helping one another, we need to remember that our black American brothers and sisters are hurting. We need to be able to be like that good Samaritan and stop on the road and be willing to attend to the needs and the wounds and the history of pain and agony that they have encountered. It's time for us to be real. It's time for us to get down to the issues and begin to be the people of God that we are called to be. The next word in our acronym is accountable. It's time for us to take personal accountability. There's probably going to be some repentance going on. I know there has been for me. I don't consider myself prejudiced or racist at all, 
but I still need to repent for being silent. I've had black ministers literally reach out and beg me to say something, to speak out. And because of my own fears of political siding and, and, you know, causing controversy, I've said nothing. But in saying nothing, I've been controversial. It's time for us to take personal accountability. The word accountability means the ability to take account. What have I done or not done? Intentionally or non-intentionally? Just because you have non-intentionally done or didn't do something does not mean that you should not take accountability for it. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not responsible for slavery. I didn't do anything wrong to my... But it's time for us to stop trying to find the places where we're not to blame. And let's just be honest and find out where we have... See, because if you haven't said something, you've been a part of it. You've got to speak out. It's time to do some serious soul searching. David said in Psalms 139 and 24, see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, the word wicked way in the Hebrew means painful place. You know, maybe there's a painful place. Maybe you did have a, an encounter with uh, a black person in your early years and maybe it's left some pain and some woundedness and some anger against the entire community. It's time for you to do some soul searching. I've known people that have been hurt by another person and they've held onto that bitterness for so long that they start to hate the entire community or hate their family and these deep family feuds that go on forever. It's time to do some soul searching and take personal responsibility and stop finger pointing. It's time to see the log in our own eye versus the sliver in someone else's, Matthew 7 and 3. You know, we're so busy at trying to fault find, we can't even see the log that's in our own eyes. It's time for personal repentance and, and community repentance. It's time for us to take accountability. You know, you can't make a change until you look inside where you are, are at wrong. It, when you start to see where you are at wrong, maybe you're thinking, even as you're listening to this, well, I have done nothing, I refuse. You need to stop. Take some time. Say, Lord, if there be any, search my heart, O Lord. Try me and see if there be any wicked, if there's a place of pain in me. You know, so many of us, even in our own emotional health. We refuse to look within because we're afraid we'll find the, the cause and have to deal with it again. But before you can truly give something to the Lord, you have to be able to reach in and grab it and hand it to him. If you keep avoiding it and ignoring it, you'll continue down the same path over and over and over again. And if you have a systemic anger and racist attitude toward your African and black American brothers and sisters, then you need to deal with that. You need to be honest and you need to repent and you need to say, Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, help me see it because I don't want to be a person that has pent up pain and unforgiveness and bitterness because it's, it's, not, doing, it's not doing you any good. It's time for you to get free of some things that have held you back and held your relationships back. It's time for us to remove the barriers. So many of us are praying that God would open doors around us, but you've built so many walls around you that you can't even see the doors that are right in front of you. God, God, God has some open, some awesome open doors for you. And you know what those open doors are? They're relationships. Doors are always relationships. 
And there are some amazing doors of opportunity standing right in front of you, even probably with a person that you just can't get over and you're so angry at. If you'll ask the Lord to help you bring these walls down that you've built of racism and, and, and prejudices and, and division, there's so many awesome doors. There's doors all over the kingdom of God and we're missing them because we keep building walls. But if you ask the Lord to tear these walls down, I believe you're going to see more doors of opportunity opening around you than you ever could have imagined. The next word in our acronym is CROSS, or you could, you could interchange it with the word CHRIST. Galatians 3, 26, 29 says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I, I could even insert this. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, black nor white, Neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. You know, one of my favorite songs growing up was by Andre Crouch, Jesus is the Answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. That was a, a song written in the 70s when Andre Crouch was traveling to churches that would not accept his music, his style, his color. There was still deep-seated racism in the South. And Andre Crouch was traveling to churches singing this song of unity at the same time was being rejected for his style and his music. I'm going to tell you, I'm a believer first before I'm a color. I'm a believer first before I'm anything else. I don't identify as a color. I identify with Christ. This is the one thing that will bring us together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Watch this, Colossians 3 and 10. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I'm a new man. God didn't change my color. He changed my reference. He changed my identification. I don't identify with any, my first identity is in Christ. And if my black brother identifies with Christ, he is my brother. If my black sister identifies with Christ, she is my sister. My first allegiance is to Christ and my first identification is to Christ. You know, in Galatians 6 and 2, it says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You remember the story in Matthew 27 and 32 where Simon from Cyrene, an African nation, was helped was called upon to help Jesus carry his cross. That's such a beautiful illustration of black and white carrying a burden together. Our black brothers and sisters have been carrying this heavy weight alone for too long now, and we must step in and help lift this burden. And this is where we come together. It's at the cross. The cross is a burden. The cross is heavy. The cross is a place of pain and death. And racism is a huge cross. 
deep-seated systematic prejudice and racism is a cross that the African-American community has been carrying for way too long. And it's time for us to step in and help carry this cross. This is where we come together. We come together at the feet of Jesus and we come together at the cross. Everything good starts at the foot of the cross. We, we, that's how we come together. We help carry one, one another's cross. You know, there's this old song, At the Cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. See, when you step in to help somebody carry their, carry their cross and their burden, God reveals himself. There's a light that shines in that. Um, this last week, I was having some, you know, and as most of you that follow me on social media, know, you notice that I've been posting. I've been very supportive and I've been very, very uh, sensitive to this issue. I've jumped off of all my normal tracks. I've even inserted this podcast in the middle of previously recorded podcasts because I feel it is a time for everyone who has been standing on the sidelines in one way or another to step in and start speaking out. And so I've been posting on Facebook and Instagram and, and, uh, somebody responded to one of my, um, posts about, uh, David Dorn, the, uh, retired police chief who was, uh, and he was a black American who was killed on the streets during uh, looting, the looting and rioting. And he said, this is terrible. The killer must pay. And my heart was in my call for justice in this hour, may none of us call out for vengeance and bloodthirsty vengeance. That's not what justice is. Micah 6 and 8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We've got to remember these three words, justice, mercy, and humility. You know, we got to remember that legislation is not going to fix this problem. Government is not going to fix this problem. The Bible says that the government would be upon Jesus' shoulders. This is not a government problem. This is a heart issue. Only Jesus, again, this is where we come together. He's the only one that can change our hearts. The government can't fix this. We have to look to Jesus. Revelation 5 and 9 says, And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. This is where we come together, folks. We have to come together at the foot of the cross and under the love and the banner of Jesus Christ. When we do this, our perspective will begin to change and we will see real reform. If, if you can't, if your heart isn't reformed, you can't cry out for the government to fix this. Your heart, our heart, my heart has to be reformed with a new way of thinking. And so we come together at the cross. Hey guys, we're going to take just a small break. I'm sure some of you need it right now. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're not in total agreement with what I'm saying, or maybe you're not ready to have these long discussions and conversations with people about this. You know, you're struggling with it and you're trying to process it and that's okay. You don't have to talk a lot. In fact, what we really need to do more of these days is listen. And you don't have to agree to listen. You can listen and you can love at the same time. We can love each other in spite of our differences. That is possible, you know, through Jesus Christ. We are one in the spirit. And so we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and keep our heart open to others. Um, you know, the more you talk, um, the more 
you jump into arenas that you're not prepared for. And, and I'm not encouraging that. I'm telling you to listen more. Listen. Um, Abraham Lincoln once said, um, it's better to be thought of as a fool by others than to open up your mouth and remove all doubt. So you don't have to say anything right now. You can just listen more and love more and be committed to being on the same page with Jesus and same page in our hearts of love for one another. And if this podcast is encouraging you or blessing you or even piquing your interest at all, I want to encourage you to subscribe and leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. These two things help us just increase the awareness of this platform that we're on so that we can share more content with people and help them discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. So let's jump back into the content. We've got about 15 minutes left and I know it's going to be powerful. So let's get it. The letter I in our uh, acronym means invitation. Someone said to me last week when we were having these discussions and she spoke to the group and she said, we just want you to get to know us. Can, can, can you hear that? It's not like go away. They're not saying go away. We can't stand you. We don't want you around. They're saying, we just want you to get to know us. Wow. What, what a call. What an invitation. They're not asking us to help them storm the castle. They're asking us to come and talk with them and hear their heart. That's what really what they've been saying for for decades. Can you come and listen to us? Jesus says, come and let us reason together. You know, God wants to share things about himself that you don't know. And so we come into his presence. He reveals himself to us. But I believe that when you ignore the pain and the hurt and the grief that another community is experiencing, you are missing out in learning something. You're, you're missing out when you don't want to reason, when you don't want to listen, when you don't want to have the dialogue, when you don't want to have the discussion, you're missing out. I'm telling you right now, if you'll give in to this invitation, you're going to discover, Jesus says, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. When you gather together to reason and to find community and find common ground with other people and to listen to their pain and be willing to do something about it, guess what happens? You find Christ. You see Jesus in a whole new way. I have been so encouraged as of late. I've been so blessed to, to have these open dialogues. And man, when I leave that time, I, my heart feels a sense of unity like I've never felt before. And I believe that God is bringing about a revival in his body. He's joining us together. The man, the one man under Jesus Christ is becoming healthy. It, it, we're coming to life. We're surging with power because these conversations are happening. We need to be excited about this time. Yes, we need to be concerned. Yes, we need to have compassion. Yes, we need to be alarmed. And yes, we need to hurt and even be angry and not sin. But more than ever, we need to be excited that what God has done is he's begun to open this dialogue like never before. Walls are coming down all around us. We're seeing more doors of opportunity and the church is rising to be the voice that God intended it to be in the world. Are you excited right now? If I was preaching this, I'd ask some of you to come on and shout amen. This is a time where we shouldn't be hopeless. We need to be hopeful and we need to take the invitation. We need to accept the invitation, not just from our black brothers and sisters, 
chapters, but we need to take the invitation from Jesus himself that we would come together and bear one another's burdens and carry one another's cross and, and lay down racial divides and, and lay down division and lay down hatred and speak out and join our hands to one another, arm in arm, heart in heart, walking together, doing life together, helping one another, speaking out for one another, hurting with one another, rejoicing with one another. Let's take that invitation. I don't know about you, but I want to be the first one to accept the invitation. I've opened the envelope. I've RSVP'd. Yes, Lord, I will be there. I will show up. I will do what I can. I will listen. I will participate where the Spirit leads me. And I will be that good Samaritan. I'm, I'm accepting the invitation. Are you? The next letter in our acronym is the word STAND, S, STAND. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. It's time for us to stand versus bystand. We can no longer stand on the sidelines and bystand and watch things happen. We've got to stand. We've got to walk. We've got to join our hearts with those who are needy. You know, some of you are saying, well, I don't know what to say, Tony. I, I, I don't know what to do. Well, you, you don't have to know what to say, but you can say, I hurt for you. You can say, I'm listening to you. Don't just think it. Because when you speak and when you let somebody know how you feel, that's the moment you take a stand with them. You, can, you may not know what to say, but you can say, I care for you. You don't know what to say? Well, just say, I don't know what you're going through. You can say, help me understand. You can say, as I know I've had to say, I'm sorry for not listening in and speaking out. The first, the first thing before you speak out is you've got to listen in. You can say, I'm sorry you felt I wasn't listening. Maybe you can just say, I'm sorry I wasn't listening. You can say, I'm sorry that you felt like I shut you out. And maybe you can say, I'm sorry for shutting you out. Let me just say this real quick. You don't always have to apologize. I've, you know, it's funny. We've been talking a lot about white privilege and people apologizing for being white. And I've heard my friends tell me, you don't have to apologize for being white. In fact, I think it's a sin to apologize for your color because God made you that color. You should never apologize for being black. You should never apologize for being brown. You should never apologize for having red tones in your skin. You should not apologize for being white. Because when you apologize for your race, you're saying to God that he didn't know what he was doing and he shouldn't have created me this way and he was wrong. No, God made you the color you are for a reason. So you don't have to apologize for being a certain ethnicity or apologize for, but what you do have to apologize for is just being silent. Can you? It, it, so many people don't want to apologize. I know people in my life that refuse to apologize. They just don't want to be sorry for anything. I even heard a minister say one time, I don't apologize ever to my people because it puts me uh, as, as the lesser. I, I never apologize. I find a certain way to say things, but I don't apologize. Folks, that is not wrong. We have to apologize. Apologizing is the first step of humility. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for the way God created me. I'm not sorry for being who I am, but I am sorry 
that I have not spoken out. You can say that. You don't, you don't have to apologize for, for not being at fault. But you have to find, again, we go back to that place of personal accountability. Don't look for a reason to apologize. Look for a reason to genuinely feel sorry. If you really are sorry, the Bible says that godly sorrow produces repentance. When you're really sorry for something, that's the first step in repentance. And so for you to to repent properly to your brothers and sisters, you have to search your soul. But it's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to quit being afraid, standing in the shadows and just saying, I don't want to face conflict. I don't want to embrace discomfort. You know, when you, we talked about this in previous episodes, if you want to grow, you have to embrace discomfort. You have to embrace complication to go to the next level of unity. You have to embrace the conflict of, of differences and, and where you went wrong. And and we're not talking, I'm not advocating bringing up arguments and trying to hash things out. It's being well, it's being willing to be reconciled versus being right. I want to be reconciled. So that means that some of my preferences and my belief systems can't be the thing that hinders me from coming together with those who are different from me and those who have had very different experiences. So we need to take a stand. Let's begin to make viable action steps to do that. And finally, the letter M means mission. You know, I've decided that I'm going to use every platform I have to share on these issues, however, as long as it takes. And I believe it's time to even do more than posting and talking about it on social media where it's comfortable and where it's easy. It's time for us to take real action. I'm going to use social media, my podcast. I'm going to call friends, check in. I'm going to get together with my friends. I'm going to have some real live discussions and I'm going to ask the, ask my black American friends what I can do. Now, I, I want to encourage you during this time, don't be pressured into doing something that you're not ready to do. I want to speak that because some of this, some of this will be used as an opportunity for personal agendas. I've seen people demanding that if we have compassion and we have love, then we give and we go on all these sites and we join this movement. We take these oaths and we get down on our knees and we, I mean, folks, people can, can pressure you to do things that maybe you're not ready to do, but I believe that it's time to seek the Lord and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? But don't just follow your emotions and start jumping out and telling everybody to get out of your social circles that they don't support this person or don't support that person. And if you're this, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And I'm watching you and I'm, and I, and I see you not saying anything. That's, that's called fear bait. We're not going to do that. We're not going to give in to fear. We're, we don't, we don't respond to fear. We don't respond to coercion and we don't respond to pressure. We respond to, uh, faith. We respond to the call of God. We follow the path of peace. I always say, don't make, don't make decisions based on anxiety or fear or worry because you'll usually make the wrong decision. Don't go by your impulses. Have, have enough emotional security and stability to pray, take a deep breath and say, okay, Lord, I have to do something, but I'm not going to be rushed and pushed into doing it and coerced and forced by anyone to do something. But I do believe that we need to take an honest look and find out ways that we can help. 
I believe God is up to something amazing. Let's not forget that God has a plan. It's all going to work out together for the good. God is saying, watch this, Isaiah 43 and 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. See, there's God doing something. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Folks, I, 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 we need to really honestly tell ourselves it's not about me, but it begins with me. Yes, this is not about you, but it does begin with you. And I think that if we can honestly say, what can I do? That's the first question to ask and be honest and then have some conversations. Find out some ways that we can support our communities. Find out some ways that we can do something that will bring about a heart change, a life change, a perspective change. Um, just recently, I reached out to one of my uh, pastor friends who I've known for a few years now, and he's a black American pastor of a, of a church down in the city of Atlanta. And I said, man, what can, I, what can we do? And we started having an amazing open dialogue and he invited me to speak to his men this month. And here's a guy who is not saying, we don't want anything to do with white people. No, 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 no. He's saying, I want you to come speak to our men. See, this open dialogue and this discussion created an opportunity for me to do something, to make a difference in the lives of those who are hurting and reach out and be a part of what they're going through. I believe that if God would lead you, maybe he's leading you to go stand with your brothers and sisters in peaceful solidarity. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I'm saying maybe the Lord's speaking to you about that. Maybe just standing there and, and just being present, letting people know that you don't necessarily agree with everything that's being said or done, but you, you, you have a heart for your brother and sister and you just want to be there for them. You don't have to agree on everything to do something. And while I believe that we can't do everything, we can do something. I can't do everything about this. It's overwhelming. But if I have a voice in speaking out and saying that racism must die, racism must end. We know the government can't fix it. We know that legislation can't fix it. But the Holy Spirit is moving across the land. And I believe that he is making one nation out of many nations, one people out of many peoples. And, and racism is coming down and we call it down. In fact, even right now, I just prophesy and speak and pray, Lord, that you begin to tear down the roots of it and bring peace and justice to our land, heal our land, give us uh, the, 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 the reality that our hope has longed for for so long. God, let us begin to see it. And I believe we are. I don't know about you, but right now I'm beginning to see that this is not a bad thing that's happening. This is a good thing that's happening. We've needed to see this for so long now. We've needed to see voices crying out like John the Baptist. I am a voice crying out in the wilderness, make way for the presence of the Lord. And I'm believing that if we get real about it, if we become accountable about it, if we let Christ and the cross be our unifying factor, if we take the invitation and take a stand and accept the mission, I believe that we're going to see the glory of God fill our land like never before. Let's be a voice against racism. Let's reach out to our black American brothers and sisters and let's be a voice of justice, of mercy, and of humility, like Micah 6 and 8 says. Hey guys, that's all the time we have left for today. Three important thoughts for you to remember. Number one, subscribe. 
Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share this episode with one or two other people in your life who need to hear what you've heard today. I'm so excited about our next episode. And until then, we'll see you.